Here we are again talking about passion. We always hear that we have to follow our passion to be happy in our lives. But books like this go against popular belief and explains things through a different perspective based on reality. It discusses things like how passion and drug addiction aren't so different from each other and how the general lack of understanding on passion can result in destructive behavior that leaves us burned out or even depressed. I myself have experienced it and maybe even shared it with you a few times. And this always happened when I wanted to balance my work and life. Interestingly, the book also mentions that trying to live a balanced life like the countless self-help books say may be wrong. So listen in and let's dig deeper. Hi, I'm Day and you're listening to The Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment. Today we'll be discussing The Passion Paradox by Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus. Before we get into the takeaways, let's look into understanding what passion is first. Passion's roots come from the Latin passio, which literally means suffering. I shouldn't be laughing at this, but when you look into history and even religion, this suffering was associated with the passion of one specific person, which is Jesus Christ. But like many words, meanings evolve over time. It wasn't just for Jesus anymore. By the Renaissance period, poets began to use it too. But it was Shakespeare that used it positively to describe an uncontrollable feeling for another person. Passion. Or maybe Shakespeare was just messing with everyone because if you have too much feelings for another person, you might actually suffer. Kidding aside, but the biological mechanisms of passion also have both positive and negative connotations. So what does this mean? Since passion is regulated by dopamine, once released in the brain, it pushes us towards our goals and makes us crave rewards. This is why the book mentions that there is a fine line that exists between extremely passionate people and drug addicts. That's because dopamine motivates us to pursue rewards and the chemical goes away once we receive them, leaving us wanting for more and more, just like any addiction. And the more we receive, the higher the tolerance. And the higher the tolerance, the more we want and crave. And once we don't get the reward or hit that we want, this is when things start spiraling down. So what should we do? And this leads to my three favorite takeaways from this book. One, passion can sometimes become unhealthy and driven by obsession. Two, the best kinds of passions are self-sustaining and not validated by external rewards or fear. 3. Instead of attempting to achieve balance, supplement your passion with self-awareness. Passion can sometimes be unhealthy and driven by obsession. This happens when we lose sight of what originally motivated us to work towards our goals and become increasingly focused on things like external validation, rewards, or recognition. And usually, these things replace our original goals. And when they do, people seem to go any lengths to achieve them. Sure, it's nice to hear people doing everything they can do to achieve things, but history and human nature tells us those who are obsessively passionate can make their happy pursuits sinister. We just need to take a look at some examples like the athletes taking drugs to set records or passionate CEOs with a promising track record going to jail for fraud. And this is because we begin to think that more rewards and recognition will satisfy our cravings. But as we all know, that once you reach more, it's never enough. And the scary part isn't really wanting more and more. It's when passionate people fail. 
the sudden massive drop in dopamine can trigger devastation and depression. And this is close to me since I did experience this. I love the arts, but once it became my work and kept on wanting more rewards and recognition for it, the day I wasn't able to do well or when people didn't really like my work or I wasn't called for work anymore, it took a big toll on me. And this is where passion has gone back to its original Latin meaning, suffering. So how are we to tackle or manage our passions? This leads to the second takeaway. The best kinds of passions are self-sustaining and not validated by external rewards or fear. Because of our instant society today, this makes our passion become obsessive or driven by fear. A big factor is that we often favor quick fixes over long-term skill development. And things like social media likes have become the new currency of recognition for efforts. And the result of all these is that it can be hard to slow down and enjoy our passions purely for their own sake. This is where the pursuit of harmonious passions comes in. This is engaging harmonious passions only for the joy they bring us, not for the potential rewards or recognition. And interestingly, when this is done, we are actually more likely to attain the external rewards and reach our goals. And this is only possible when the pursuit of our passion is an end in itself. Those who focus on future successes instead of enjoying their passion are less likely to achieve their goals and reap the rewards. This is the passion paradox. The good thing is that it's possible to cultivate a harmonious passion by adopting a mastery mindset that focuses on continuous and sustainable development of your passions. It's all about focusing on the process rather than the results. With this, the timeless virtue of patience is important. There will be highs and lows, and especially when there is a low point, it is important to take a step back to embrace patience and remember why the passion journey was started in the first place. This next one is something that I found very useful. It's a 24-hour rule. This helps in avoiding being concerned with successes or failures. This just means that you should spend 24 hours ruminating on the successes or failures along the way, then getting back on the road to mastery. Again, harmonious passions are lifelong journeys where the focus is not about being the best, but continuously improving. And if you become the best in the process of that, then it's an added bonus. Celebrate and keep improving more. And this leads us to the last takeaway. Instead of attempting to achieve balance, supplement your passion with self-awareness. We always hear this mantra over and over again. Balance is a necessary part of living a happy life. <laughs> we have seen this in all kinds of self-help content. They state that it's possible to both pursue passion and spend an equal amount of time and energy on the other important aspects of life such as work and family. But the reality is, time is finite. And this is where the passion paradox comes in again. Achieving passion and living a balanced life is the opposite of each other. I kind of got offended by this, but reading it over and over again and reflecting on it, I realized that this was true. Living a passion-filled existence involves, as the original meaning implied, a certain amount of suffering and sacrificing the time and energy that would be spent elsewhere. Try to look into history and see if there's a single extremely passionate successful individual that has lived a truly balanced life. Steve Jobs was very passionate, but as we all know, his life wasn't pretty balanced. 
Even Mahatma Gandhi, who preached nonviolence and unity, he himself had a very troubled relationship with his son, whom he eventually disowned. So instead of trying to seek balance, we must harness the power of self-awareness to sustain our passion in the long term. This is regularly monitoring and managing how our passion affects others around us as well as our own emotions and behavior. In simpler terms, self-awareness means we regularly need to commit time outside of our passion so that we could get to know ourselves better. It may sound funny, but one of the best ways to be more self-aware is to step outside of ourselves. For example, talking to yourself in the third person or writing about how your passion is developing and how it affects your life helps reflect how your actions look from the outside. By practicing self-awareness, we'll be much better equipped and realistic on making decisions about what to do in pursuit of our passions and making sure that we don't neglect the other areas of our lives. As I type this, I'm rethinking what I'm doing with my passion since it looks like I'm neglecting some areas of my life. Let's review the takeaways. 1. Passion can sometimes become unhealthy and driven by obsession. 2. The best kinds of passions are self-sustaining and not validated by external rewards or fear. 3. Instead of attempting to achieve balance, supplement your passion with self-awareness. Passion is all about becoming entirely consumed by an activity that brings the most amount of satisfaction to your life. But it can lead to unhealthy obsessions and neglect. As long as your passion remains harmonious, it can develop in a healthy direction. Of course, this doesn't necessarily mean living a balanced life. It's all about being realistic and self-aware on what you are willing to sacrifice. Here's an actionable that you can start with. Instead of obsessively working on your passion or looking for what your passion is, try to look at what you are good at or what you want to be good at and work towards continuously improving it. Soon enough, you'll be good enough to enjoy it and maybe it can turn into something that you are passionate about. Again, let's remember that harmonious passions are lifelong journeys where the focus is not about being the best or getting bigger and better recognition and rewards, but continuously improving your skills and the craft. And hopefully, the passion helps people along the way. And that was a quick summary on The Passion Paradox by Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus. Thanks for always listening to this podcast and supporting the community. By the way, if you want to watch book discussions in Taglish, you can always check out Daily Book Club on YouTube. It's one of the steps we are taking to make information easier to understand by all. Till the next episode, thank you for listening to the Daily Book Club, the audio experiment.